This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Modelo. What does a true fan look like? It's cheering the loudest. It's never missing a game, no matter what. And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and Modelo is your reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodelo.com. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, the ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome into another episode, another edition of the Ringer NFL Show, Tuesday edition, the Players Edition, with James Jones, Ryan Shazier, and I am Jason Goff. Before we uh, get right into it, fellas, I want to thank Kevin Clark for filling in last week for me. Uh, I heard the ep; it was an outstanding episode. Uh, and you know, appreciate appreciate teammates filling in uh, in a time of need. It's always good to see you boys and talk to you guys. Uh, we week eighteen of the NFL season is over. Uh, Black Monday has passed. Even though you know it just sounds bad, Black Monday people getting their pink slips, people being told to clean out their offices. So where you guys want to start with some of the games that we saw, or you guys want to start with the hottest news in terms of the the firings that happened around the NFL? Because I know a lot of people uh, in a lot of cities who are trying to figure out: All right, is Brian Flores going to be my next head coach, or what's the next thing in in order for the Minnesota Vikings? Of course, here in Chicago. Uh, one of the more embarrassing press conferences that this city has seen in a long, long time. Or, you know, we could talk about playoff glory uh, with the Steeler, Raider, and Packer that are on the show as well. So, James, Ryan, always good to see you fellas, man. What, what you got on your bird this this episode? First off, I, I just want to start off by saying this is the first day I'm truly happy to see James and Raiders gear. <laughs> exactly. I'm not, I'm not going to say the word, but I told y'all, I yeah. told y'all, I told y'all this was going to happen. Y'all didn't believe me, but I told y'all this was going to happen. Ladies all right, that's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. Y'all seen the video before. I ain't saying the cuss words, but all I said is I told y'all we was going to make the playoffs. Uh, don't worry. Every, everybody's saying it in their head for you, Ryan. Everybody's saying <laughs> Let's get to this hot stuff, man. Steelers in the playoffs, man. About oh, to get beat by 32. Um, <laughs> let's get <Hey>. to that. <laughs> hey, we get we hey, we get thirty more thousand in the bears. That's all I'm saying. We get thirty more thousand in the bears. Man, let's get to this hot stuff, man. This coach is getting kicked up out of there. Man. All right, well, let, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Brian Flores. 
Uh, Brian Flores is what everybody's talking about this morning uh, that uh, that I've seen on the on the internets and on the television screens. Uh, Brian Flores, nineteen wins his last two seasons. Steve Ross uh, cites the dysfunction in the organization, and it comes down to with the reports that are being uh, disseminated from out of Miami. It comes down to Brian Flores wanted to draft Justin Herbert. Stephen Ross wanted to draft Tua Tagovailoa. Tua Tagovailoa is the Miami Dolphins quarterback, and Justin Herbert is a burgeoning young star on the brink of MVP candidacy for years to come. Uh, and Brian Flores is apparently uh, a hot coaching candidate once again. But I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. You know, sometimes, and being here in Chicago, I understand this. You know, we talk a lot about GMs. We talk a lot about head coaches. But if things are flawed, if things are um, – should we say, rotten uh, to a certain level where it's not just on the field. I mean, Stephen Ross in his, I believe, six years, uh, six, seven years owning the team, uh, I believe they have something, you know, like a 42% winning percentage, if that. You know, they, they've been one of the dregs of the AFC East for a while now. Uh, even when they put together a good defense, they, they couldn't really, really get over the hump. They won – Eight out of the last nine games. Don't know what more you can ask out of a coach or a team, especially a team that doesn't have as much talent as those eight out of nine games will belie. So Brian Flores is back out there uh, in the free agent coaching market, and the Miami Dolphins are searching once again. So uh, when we speak to culture, right, you can have good culture, you can have bad culture. I don't know how this builds your culture as a team, letting go a guy who people were obviously playing hard for in Brian Flores. Man, so being from Florida, you know, I have a little strings that be, you know, making making their way and be hearing stuff. And uh no, I just I just heard that it was just confrontation with, with Brian Flores and the in the in the executive committee, like basically the ownership and the upper management. And you know, I feel like Brian Flores, he's a great coach. Obviously he got his team to win eight out of the last nine games. But He's not at the point where you can kind of be arguing with upper management, and especially when it's when it's talking about, you know, do you want us to win or do you want to, you know, know who calling the plays or know who, like, let me draft or let me do this, let me do that. You know, like, Bill Belichick can do that because he's won six Super Bowls. You know, Coach Tomlin maybe can do that, but he doesn't really do that. You know, but I feel like when you're not winning and obviously you won – the last few games, but you're not being consistent with it. And it's in this, you're constantly having bickering between the upper management and the, and the coach. I think sometimes the upper management say, Hey, you, you might be the best coach, but we're not about to have a toxic environment. And sometimes they, they let people go because of situations like that. In my opinion, I think they could have probably tried to work it out, you know, because, the Dolphins have been bad, and that's why I'm not – I wasn't a Dolphin fan growing up because they were historically bad, you know, and I'm 30 now almost. And, you know, so, like, they got to figure something out. They, it seemed like they had found a coach to figure something out. But if you if you arguing with the owners, you're arguing with the, 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 the managers of the team and people that, you know, pay the bills in the building, man, it's, it's a lot harder – it's a lot harder to keep your job than when it just – you know, calling X's and O's and, and managing people. Well, first off, when you get a head coaching job, when you go in that meeting and that, that, that GM, that owner, whoever picks you, right, you have told them your vision, right? I am the head coach of this ball club. 
Why do I not have any say-so? It sounds like a dude I played with. All the stuff that I've been doing for this organization, y'all can't just listen to me. That's all Aaron Rodgers was saying. If I'm at practice every day and I know exactly what we need to win ball games and turn this franchise around, and I've been around the game of football forever, scouting, coaching players, seeing players, why are you not listening to my input? So when you don't listen to my input, then yes, we are going to bump heads, especially when you don't listen to my input. And I see the dudes that I put my input on go out there and look like they future Hall of Famers. And I'm over here trying to win ball games. You need good players in the National Football League to win ball games. But two are not playing bad. He's not playing bad, but he's playing good because the coaching staff. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is for me to go out here and win eight out of nine games, and be looking at Joe Judd and be looking at all these other bad coaches out there. And you guys going to fire me because it's a little bit of miscommunication and all that <laughs> in, 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 the, in the building and ownership because I'm fighting for good players to come up in here in the Miami Dolphins to help me win ball games. I just thought it was some BS, man. You know what I'm saying? And to be honest with you, when I first heard it, and when I, when I was thinking about it, if I'm a head coaching candidate, I don't want to go to Miami. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, the, the way they treated Brian Flores on the way up out of there, whether it's miscommunication or not, or whether he wanted this and they wanted that, they was bumping heads, man. You know what I'm saying? That's stuff that, that's stuff that you work out for a head coach that done basically done one day near 10 games straight. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, he ain't even got truly a talented roster like all these other teams. You know what I mean? So that's the biggest point to me, James. Yes, and, and that's and that's coaching. That's why Bill Belichick don't win coach of the year. That's why Coach LaFleur ain't winning coach of the year. That's why all these other coaches that got good teams ain't winning coach of the year. It's always the coach that done took this organization that was terrible and they done won seven, nine games and ten games and all that type of stuff. Like, it was people that had Brian Flores as a coach of the year candidate for the job that he's done the second half of the season. You know what I'm saying? Any other coach who would have who did that, if, th if this would have been a, a Matt Nagy who, who, did, who went 8-1, and one, Matt Nagy would still be the Bears head coach, period. You know what I'm saying? So I just feel like at one point you hire a head coach to build your team. Your head coach is out there 24-7 with the players. He knows exactly what the team needs. You know what I'm saying? You should listen to him. That, that, that's all I'm saying. And don't fire him because you don't want to listen to him. Hey, James, sometimes your wife knows what she needs, but you want to buy something. And, and when you buy it, you, you got the money to get it. Hey, and that's what Ross like. Hey, I, I own the team. I see what I like. I'm going to get it. You know, it, it, it might not be what you want, but, hey, you you – you under you under my system. If you don't like it, you got to go. You married too, Ryan, and we work the thing. We work together, man. My wife got a lot more stuff out there than me. Yeah, <laughs> and you ain't gonna fire her either. <laughs> no, <I didn't. laughs> that's all I'm saying. You that's know. all I'm saying, man. You're definitely right. You're not in a mediocre marriage. No, nah, you're right. Like since 2009, the Miami Dolphins have been below mediocre. They've been subpar. Steven, Steven Ross has three nine-plus win seasons to his tenure. Two of them have come from Brian Flores in the last couple of years. That's 12 years. That's crazy, man. They've won nine games or more.
three times. So I know a lot of NFL fan bases usually ask, like, you know, what, what's going on up top? There are some franchises, the, the week one, you have made your money as an NFL owner. Now everything else is gravy. Brian Flores knows what he's done over this last two seasons, especially this last, you know, nine games of this season. And by the way, you know, nuance is, is important. They had a murderer's row of bums that they beat as, as far as the quarterback is concerned. Like they went on a six, seven week streak where it was quarterbacks who wasn't starters or guys who are on their Don't way. Don't make the schedule. You don't make the schedule. You just play the game. <laughs> For sure. I understand that, but that's the nuance that's, that's involved because people are going to throw out they, – they played a bunch of teams that they, they, they should have beaten and I'll throw out. Nah, it's still the Miami Dolphins. Right. And, and, and the fact Steve Ross was asked about Jim Harbaugh and then Jim Harbaugh, the news breaks that he's out there looking for a contract extension from uh, the Michigan Wolverines. It's a crazy leverage play right now that's going to leave Miami Dolphins fans and the Miami Dolphins organization holding the bag. Brian Flores, you know, I don't think he's going to see the similar fate that and this is the, the, the part that I was upset about. You know, blackhead coaches in this league rarely get a second look. So. If you're the Raheem Morris of the world, you're the Steve Wilkes of the world, like you've seen guys who get that first look, that initial look, and then don't get another one. You know, Raheem Morris's name is up there again in terms of uh, you know, hot coaching candidates. Brian Flores, I think, understands that that ain't going to be the lay of the land for him. You look at all of the Bill Belichick uh, disciples, right? And, and, and Vrabel actually played under Bill Belichick, too. So I think that's a little bit different. But the, the people who he's actually had coach under him, you know, Romeo Cornell, right, terrific defensive coordinator, wasn't a really good head coach in terms of the, the record. Josh McDaniels, we know what happened in Denver. Bill O'Brien, Charlie Weiss. Like, Brian Flores is the, is the guy that stands out in terms of Bill Belichick disciples. And I think he understands that, that his reputation is going to uh, precede him in any room that he walks in. So I think Brian Flores understood the leverage play all the way. He doesn't strike me as a dude who doesn't know the lay of the land. And he knew walking in there or, or how he's comported himself, hey, if you want to keep this thing going, don't cut your nose off to spite your face. Understand that you put me in a position where I'm supposed to turn this team around. Understand that I am the football person in here. I know you pay the, pay the bills, but if you want to see that real championship glory, which is going to put more pocket, more money into your coffers, then why would you do this? Like, Unless you have the guy in your head right now and ready to roll through a third party that you've already talked to, this this is hustling backwards to me. But why does it matter to the guy even if you do got the guy? Well, if you have the guy and you think you have the person, then you could do whatever the hell you want to do. Just don't execute a plan without the plan in play. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Who, who, are the, who are the Dolphins out here being rumored to? That's the other thing, too. How attractive is your gig? Right? Like, like the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting back like, all right, we got some pieces on defense and we got 16 back there, right? I just really don't even like thinking like that. If I have a good head coach up in here, why am I going to say, ooh, if I could just get him? Man, I have a good head coach in here. Let me listen to this dude. Let me let him put his input in. I agree. Let him build his team the way he wants to build his team. That's the same the way I felt about Jack Del Rio. Jack Del Rio got the Raiders 11 wins in the playoffs. You fire him, bring in Gruden. And I know, oh, that's my guy. We've been searching for what The name of the game is to win. 
and to put a good product out there. I'm speaking to the differences that Ryan was 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 talking to in terms of the dysfunction between those two gentlemen or that or or the coach and the executive committee. If there is that, then what I'm saying is you have to have someone in mind and in play. Is this the Barry Switzer rule, right? If you know when you, when 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 the confetti come down that this dude ain't going to be here no more, you got to have the next person in play. You got to have the next person in mind. And what I'm trying to say is the Miami Dolphins don't have that amount of cachet where it's like, oh, yeah, you you fire Brian Flores, man, people are gonna be lining up down the street to get in the hard rock to to to, to coach that team. You got to play it in a different way. You can't be too emotional. I think Stephen Ross or whoever made this final decision, it strikes me as a very emotional decision for business people who have generated enough money to obtain an NFL team. It just doesn't strike me as a prudent uh, decision, even financially. Let's not even speak to the football aspect of it. I feel that you know. Brian Flores is immediately the the number one head coaching candidate first. But secondly, like you said, uh, Ross is probably he, – he walking down the street with his girl and then looking the other way. That's exactly what he's doing. If this if this the case, if he has somebody else in mind, because if he don't, I don't know who – obviously somebody's going to take the job. Yeah. But I don't I don't know who – who like because they got picks? I mean, another coach gonna see an opportunity there, whether it be you know Patrick Graham or Matt Eberflus or Eric Bieniemy or any of these names that we mentioned. I'm not saying none of them are better than Brian. I'm actually, you know, I think we're all on Brian Flores' side in terms of this situation. It's just you, you, you better have that that next play in play. And and if you take a look at this track record, this is going to be the seventh head coach now in 12 years. I mean. After a while, if everybody's the bad roommate, it might just be you, you know. <laughs> and and then you got to you you got to look at your hiring practices, the questions that you're ans- asking. It's, it's all the questions that are being asked here. Miami right now is just sunny Chicago when it comes to football, right? Like you, the Mark Tressmans of the world, and everybody after Lovey Smith that hasn't worked. You know, after a while, it ain't it ain't the coaches, it ain't the players. You could, culture gets thrown around as a buzzword and as a catchphrase far too often in athletics. But when it comes down to it, what are you defining? This is the Miami Dolphins culture. After two years, we're going to blame it on somebody else, and we're going to keep it moving. Now, if you want to come in here and think that you are the rainmaker and turn everything around, God bless you. But in three years, your head going to be on a spike too. Like, this is just what it is. And and I think some of these coaches come into it knowing that. And I think Brian Flores saw that going 10-6 and six last year wasn't good enough. And then, of course, if you don't believe in Tua Tonga-Vailoa as your future at the quarterback position, yeah, you're going to start to bang the drum a little bit more in terms of, okay, I need personnel changes around this hole. I need to shop for everything since the quarterback was put on me, if that's what's really coming out of Miami right now. Because, I mean, you, I'm sure you guys have seen situations where the coach wasn't really behind the quarterback or wasn't behind a star player, but you know you had to, you, you had to you know, put all your efforts behind it because that's what the ownership group would like. You know, you get put in a tough position. You hire people and you delegate responsibility. And when you can't do that, that's what this looks like. They've won 19 games and having pretty much no business winning 19 games over the last two years. I think I think Brian Flores is sitting in a really really good position, and I think Miami Dolphins fans are sitting in a really familiar position right now. Who who do y'all feel is the best spot for him to go? If you was him, if you if you could pick where you go, where you going? What's your quarterback situation looking like? Right? I mean, if 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 you look at Vic Fangio and what he put together in Denver, I, I think Vic Fangio is a decent coach, right? But he never had his quarterback situation set up. 
Right now, right, right now, whoever the young quarterback is or whatever your quarterback situation is, those are the best jobs. And then you fill in from there. Probably the Bears there. No. Nah. No. Nah. As much as as much as people should like Justin Fields, you ain't put it on tape this year. I think the hottest coaching vacancies right now is Denver's up there. And for me, Minnesota's yeah. up there. You got a lot in play. Because you have you you have a lot in play. And for Minnesota, if you're a GM or a head coach that come in there and you believe in Kirk Cousins, okay, keep Kirk Cousins around. You can't cut him. If you're a head coach that come in there to Denver, you really a quarterback away. It is playmakers in Denver on the defensive side and the offensive side. So you really a you really a free agent quarterback away from that. I don't I'm not I'm not a big draft guy, so I've been in the draft. I don't know if it's any big time quarterbacks coming out. But, you know, it's going to be a lot of really good veteran quarterbacks out there on the block this year. If you're Brian Flores and you can look at Denver and say, you know what, give me this gig, go get Russell Wilson, we're going to win a Super Bowl in two years. I just don't even think they need a big-time one like that. Really? Ryan Fitzpatrick, can he win it? All right, turn, turn Ryan Mike off. Turn Ryan's Stop mic it. off. <laughs> but I don't even think they need a big time one like that. But obviously, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen with Russ. We don't know what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. You know what I'm saying? Another and you wild mess card. around and you get, one, yeah, you get one of those. You know what I'm saying? It's you, you good, you good. So I just think it's it's, it's the Broncos and the Vikings to me because I feel like they got they got a lot at play. But hopefully he lands somewhere, man, and wherever he lands, he go in there and make it clear what he tried. Hopefully, to Hopefully, you know, Tanisha Wade and uh, and and Lamar Campbell, uh, who are who are the head of. Uh, you know, the, the player engagement and pretty much DEI task force here in Chicago. Hopefully they looking at this thing and, you know, wrong, make make the, the Lovey Smith wrong right, you know, and bring in another defensive guy and, 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 and hand the offense over to whoever they want to. Uh, because, boy, I tell y'all. Yeah, since it's since this Black Monday conversation, I'm gonna get this out the way real quickly. Yesterday was one of the more embarrassing moments in Chicago sports history. And the way that George McCaskey handled that press conference. You ever see like an easy layup, right? And you know a dude is going up putting up way too much sauce on it, and you're like, Oh, I hope he don't miss it. Oh shit, he missed it. Like George McCaskey walked up to the microphone on a Zoom call and he did everything wrong. He was non-committal to his franchise quarterback. He, there was a question asked if the, the new head coach coming in isn't uh, a fan or doesn't believe fully in Justin Fields, does that disqualify him from the job? And he couldn't say yes. Right, so if I'm Justin Fields, I'm sitting in the crib. I'm like, wait a minute, I got cracked ribs. I didn't played. How can you not say yes, man? I, don't, I really don't understand that, man. They don't want to give people the job, man. They don't want to force the job. It was a train wreck yesterday. But I'm saying I think that should be clear as day. Whatever coach comes in here needs to make sure Justin Fields is right. We drafted him number one draft pick. You traded up. You gave up this year's draft pick. Why can't you just say, man, we're going to try to build around this young fella. The coach that comes in here will be strictly making sure that he can get Justin Fields right. Or if I bring in a defensive mind coach, he better believe that we want him to bring in an offensive coordinator. We believe it's right for Justin Fields. Couldn't say it. Um, Bill Polian will be helping out the search uh, because the last two times Ernie, of course, he did it. So they figured they'd go get a dude who's even further out of football in Bill Polian. Bill Polian's book was referenced seven times 
yesterday during the press conference. So uh, the McCaskies helped drive Bill Polian's book sales as well. These were the two things that struck me the most and, and lets me, leads me to believe that unless the Bears get lucky, we are screwed uh, as, as Bears fans for a long time. One thing was calling one of the most respected players in your team's history and in the city's history, and Olin Krutz a liar. Uh, Olin Krutz mentioned last week on local radio here that the Bears offered him $15 an hour to come in and be a consultant uh, on the offensive line under Harry Heastan. Now, if you know Olin and you played against you played against Olin James, that boy said fifteen dollars now, man. Come on, it's a man with six kids <laughs> and has playing, a, a five time five time Pro Bowler. He's doing a hell of a job here in local media. They offered the man fifteen dollars. He mentioned the story. George McCaskey said Olin's been known to leave things out of stories. He called him a liar, pretty much. And so Olin, what Olin did was Olin called Ryan Pace and Harry Heastan and say, "Hey, was I was I wrong about that offer?" And both those gentlemen said, "No, you're not." For for, for an NFL team, yeah, fifteen dollars an hour as a consultant for a consultant. Bro, this, yeah, during training camp, is that minimum wage in uh in Chicago? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what the Bears is, Ryan. <laughs> I don't know if it is in America. Like, a, a, and the worst part about yesterday was, and this is how you know how far removed a lot of these ownership groups are from reality or from the people that are walking around every day, unfortunately. Uh, Jeff Dickerson, good buddy of mine, uh, dude I interned under, actually, colleague, passed away. He was a beat reporter for ESPN. Uh, he covered the Chicago Bears for 20 years. He passes away due to cancer. Three years prior, his wife passed away. So now they have an 11-year-old kid who is out here and has got a bunch of uncles in this city. But I'm sure, you know, obviously, he doesn't have his parents right now. He's going through it. George McCaskey started his press conference referencing that kid and then flipped it to segue to chastise Bears fans for booing Matt Nagy and his kid at their high school football game. So not only did he step on every single wrong note during this press conference he started it with um something that was wholly unnecessary right just say god bless jd and his family this is the first time we get a chance to talk about it and keep it moving so the mccaskies and the bears overall uh they find new and improved ways to botch press conferences that should be layups and 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 if i'm a head coach i'm watching all of this because there were reports that Ryan Pace was being kicked up as and getting a promotion with less power. Ted Phillips, a guy who is the money man here in Chicago, has way too much power and shouldn't have been on the Zoom call, and he was on the Zoom call. So you, the, the Bears situation is as bad as there is in the NFL right now in terms of uh, ownership uh, not – not striking the right notes, and I don't, I don't look, I don't see any different in, in, in Miami. Like cutting your nose off to spite your face. Yeah, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace had to go. This was a layup, and they 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 botched it. They booted it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! 
Black Monday, when you, when you know a coach is on the way out or you know changes are coming, what's the tenor for you guys as you guys head into an offseason? Well, for me, it goes two ways because if it's a coach that you really love and that you like, because I've been on ball clubs to where we've, we've had good coaches and you turn on the tape and you know you're losing games because of what you're doing. And Ry, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're doing, you like, damn, it's not the coach. It's us. You know what I'm saying? Like, everybody wants to say the offensive coordinator ain't calling the plays, right? The defensive coordinator ain't calling the plays. Well, when we turn it on the tape, it's J.J. dropping the ball. When we turn on the tape, it's this player not winning on the route. When we turn on the tape, it's this player missing the block. That, that ain't nothing got to do with the coach. That's, that's us losing the ball game. You know what I'm saying? So when you have a coach like that to where you're like, man, he's, he's a hell of a coach, but we not playing well right now as men. You know what I'm saying? And they fire him. It's, it's a dud in the locker room because it's like, dang, man, you kind of feel like, man, that's our fault. We got we got, we got Coach Fire. But in your situation, being a Bears fan, where you're like, man, this boy, Matt Nagy, sorry, boy. You know what I'm saying? And you sitting in the locker room and you like, well, yeah, hey, don't don't trip. Don't trip, young fella. This is glad. Hey, Justin had that face on all year long. Like, hey, man, I don't even, I don't really got to get used to this too much. Yeah, but even as a locker room, you know, like, hey, man, we getting, we getting a new coach. So, so those don't, those don't hurt. It's like, man, it's time for him to go anyway. We need a little bit of change around here, man. You know what I'm saying? Get, get him gone. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure people liked him. I'm not saying Matt Nagy's a bad guy. You know what I mean? No. Not at all. But at the same time, you like, man, okay, shoot, he ain't getting the job done. It's time for it's time for him to go. So for me, I done been in locker rooms to where we've lost some good coaches, you know, by the way we played on the football field. And I've been in some locker rooms, you know what I mean? To where I felt like, man, what in the world is going on? You know, this the coach got to get this under control. It's time for him to go. And Ryan's never been in that because the Pittsburgh Steelers never fire anyone. They've they've had three coaches to the eternity of the franchise. I was about to say, I was about to say, I don't know if I've been in the NFL long enough, but <laughs> I was like, man, my my coach was the same head coach the whole time. Only only remember one position coach again let go that I like, and it was Joey Porter, and it was kind of like a few things happened. You know that kind of led up to him leaving. You know, it was, right? You know, he got in trouble a few times, and you know, not even trouble, but it was just like he was in altercations, and it was like you can't <laughs> keep being around altercations. Hey, what's up with your man? No, hold on. What's up with your man, Mike Tomlin, getting into the Instagram live in the locker room dancing? Huh? Like how re how relaxed is it in, in Pittsburgh right now? If Mike Tomlin out there bopping in the Instagram live, because he basically said, "I told y'all, I told y'all, <laughs> we is gonna make it. Y'all ain't believe me. Hey. I told y'all." And he vibing too, because he like, man, I ain't gotta lose the season. I'm in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? I'm playing with house's money now. <laughs> they don't expect us to do much. Watch me win two games out here. And get... Hey, the, the NFL waited for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're going to rue the day that they did, boy. The Pittsburgh Steelers should have been out of the here. They, they should have been out of here, right out here doing celebratory dances on a 9-7-1 season. Hey, bro, no, you know what's so crazy is I was watching the game. So I'm watching the game. I'm like, man, we over here tripping. And then I see Jacksonville's up 20. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm like, we got a chance. And nah, but the thing is, I think Coach Tomlin, he understood like the hand he was dealt with this team. You know, he understands it's a, a, like the team was good, but he has a lot of injuries and we're not the best team. But it, and one of the things my little brother said this yesterday, he, he said, Brian Flores is a great coach, 
But Miami Dolphins, they going to beat the bad teams, but they weren't really beating the good teams, right? He was like, the one thing about the Steelers is that they can still beat good teams. He was like that. And the thing is, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen versus the Chiefs. We saw what happened last time. I don't, I don't know if we're gonna win. I, I, I'm a I'm a Steelers fan. I love us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can we can stop playing these games now. Ryan. Any given Sunday. But this is what I said. I was like, <laughs> any given Sunday. Hey, no. But the thing is, if they matched us up against anybody else, right, we right. could have won. Anybody else, but. But hey, you know, but but you know, things like that happen, you know. But and you can't and you can't be choosy when you coming through the back door. No, no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right you're for sure. Uh, good, no, but but uh, Coach Tomlin, he's a he's a he's a players coach, and like he he's a dude that when he's not at the facility, you feel that you can you, you feel comfortable being around them when it's not just football, you know. So in that situation, everybody was like, man. We just gotta go out here and try to win it. Hey, see, we get help from Jacksonville and just hope, hope nobody tie. It ain't, that, that happened, so he was like, "I'm turned." Hey, we, La- ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Brian Brian Shazier just described the entire NFL season just now. Hey, they getting beat by Jacksonville. We may have a chance. Like that was the whole league this year. That was the whole league. Like, look at the Chiefs. We 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 threw dirt on the Chiefs in the first six weeks of the season. They defense right. one of the worst. In the league, they can't stop anybody. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes then turned into you know Jason Campbell. Apparently, like it was, it was getting real weird out here. Yeah, and look facts. at the NFL now. Look at like look at these playoff matchups. Three weeks ago, I was like, hey, so what the 49ers going to do, man? Jimmy G thumb is all messed up. They can upset Dallas too. 49ers Hold can on. upset anybody in them playoffs, and that's including the Packers. <laughs> I'm for real. The 49ers ain't the 49ers ain't nothing to play with. I, to be honest with you, I was watching that Rams game. Like, come on, Rams! I don't want the Niners in. Debo Samuel's he's keep them over there, man. <laughs> keep them in the Bay Area, man. So we could talk about it now, right? You know, Ar Chris, these boys been these boys been breaking their elbows, patting themselves on the back all year long with this Rams team. I said Green Bay. No, no, no. Talk about y'all Rams. Keep that same energy y'all had the first two months of the season about y'all Rams right now. Give give me the Rams hot take. The only reason why I don't got the same energy, and when you brought that up right now, because I was with the Rams. Vaughn going to come on. Ah, ah. Ain't nobody going to score a point. They going to score 45 a game. Odell looking fresh. Obviously, Cooper Cup balling. They get Cam Akers back. They going to be able to run it. Sony Michelle looking good. But the equalizer in this all right now. Number nine. And I really don't know how you can get it fixed right now. But he got to stop turning the dang ball over, man. Like, like, like straight up, like he needs to approach the games like that. I have a big time defense. It is okay to punt, man. I don't have to try to go out here and make every throw because they came and traded for me. We know you can throw the football with the best of them, man, but you got to take care of the ball. Yeah. Straight yeah. up, he he got to take care of the football, man. These last – over this three, four-game span, and, yeah, the defense done helped him out, and they done found ways to win win the games except this last one against the Niners. But he got to stop turning the football over. He turned the football over three times back-to-back weeks against the Vikings and the Ravens, and the defense bailed him out and was able to win the ball game. But he got to stop turning the ball over because that ain't going to work in the playoffs, and it definitely ain't going to work if you turn that football over against the Cardinals. 
Yeah. It ain't going to work. So that's the only reason that I'm not super excited. If he go out there against the Cardinals and he play lights out, and when I say lights out, I don't mean throw for 500. I mean not turn the football over, take care of the football, then I'll be right back on this team's bandwagon. You know what I'm saying? But I got to see it from Matthew Stafford, man. Yeah, I got the Cardinals winning that one. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. The Eagles and Buccaneers. That's you know, people people That's jumping off the Buccaneers ship a little bit here, right? At the end of the season, obviously, with the Antonio Brown situation. Chris Godwin is out. They got a lot of injuries that banged up on the defensive side of the football. Eagles got a bunch of points put on their head uh, in the final week of the season. Jalen Hurts, you know, people are hemming and hawing, going back and forth on him. All, I, all I've seen Jalen Hurts do is play to his capabilities. And, 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 you know, he's put them in a position where I don't think they thought they would be. The Carson Wentz trade has worked out for them, right, in the picks that they've gotten. But I don't know if the Eagles are ready for this level of prime time yet, but what do you think about the Buccaneers and Eagles matchup? I think it's a, a game that Tampa's Bay is going to win. But if Tampa Bay messes around and started off slow, I think that Jalen Hurts and this team can do enough to win. But I think Tampa Bay is going to win it. Uh, they have a solid running game. Whenever you have a solid running game, you have a really good chance of winning any game you win. You can have a really bad team, but if you have a really solid run game, it, that means the other team can't stop you. And as long as the Eagles can control the clock, keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands – and don't turn the ball over. This can be a really uh, this game can be a lot more exciting and a lot closer than we think it can be. It is going to be a lot closer than we 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 expect. Number one, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense ain't been playing well. Number two, the run game and the Eagles defense been playing lights out. That's that's what people don't. Understand. I know Jalen Hurts and these quarterbacks. When you when you on a win streak, the quarterbacks get all the fame and all the pub and all that type of stuff. You losing, it come down on the quarterback's head. That's why they make the most money. I understand all that, but this defense for the Eagles been playing lights out. You are not finna come in and play the Eagles. Well, the Eagles going in to Tampa. You are not finna come out and just beat them with Mike Evans. You're not. And, and I know Rob Gronkowski out there and all that, but this ain't the Carolina Panthers. You know what I'm saying? The Carolina Panthers is already tickets already booked to Cabo, Ryan. We already know how that go. They was checked out. <laughs> they like, they like, they like uh uh Tampa Bay. Y'all go get all y'all centers. Who need it? Tell us before the game who need their incentives. The running back need <laughs> Grunt needed. The boys doing the exit exit meeting by poolside. Yeah, we go. They like, we here to help. What you need? You know what I'm we saying? We here to help. One point five for you, five hundred for you. All right, cool. But these Eagles, man, these Eagles, I'm telling you, they confident. They been they've been winning close games they've been scratching and clawing and number one they like the pittsburgh steelers they play it with houses money ain't nobody expecting them to win this game you know what i'm saying they play it with houses money nobody shoot 
like you said, three weeks ago, we was like, man, is the Eagles going to have the first pick? Jacksonville, we, we, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then the Eagles come out here and they, 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 they run it through everybody. You know what I'm saying? You know, just a couple of weeks back, the, the, the Eagles fans was, was booing, yelling, run the ball because he was throwing the ball so much. They done flipped this thing around. So I think this game is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. And I would not be surprised if Jalen Hurts and them came off there upset Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers strictly of how well Ooh. they playing, man. Ooh. They are playing well. Okay. And, you, yeah. and, these, and these last three games at the end of the season, Tampa Bay has played, boy, two of them against the Panthers. Been clunky. And I played the Panthers with, you know, rotating three quarterbacks. Speaking of quarterbacks, I dare Bill Belichick to run the ball. 55 times and throw it two or three times in this playoff <laughs> matchup, the Bills and the Patriots. Y'all been riding the Rams all year long. I'm not jumping off the Bills train. I don't care if they don't have any run plays in their playbook. I, I don't I don't, I don't. don't care. They actually been running it better, though. They have the last yeah. couple of weeks, but you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not stunting that. It's going to be on Josh. Hey, Josh Allen versus Mac Jones. That's how I look at it. Yeah. I know Sean McDermott versus Bill Belichick is one that leans to uh, the Pat side of things. And Sean McDermott is actually a really, really good coach. But Josh Allen, I, I don't see him getting beat in this situation at the crib by a team that embarrassed them uh, the last time they saw him because of the conditions. What do you guys think is going to happen, Bills Patriots? I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm about to look up the weather channel right now. They, they play on Saturday. It should be a high of nine, real field, negative eight, a low of three. Negative eight? Which, so what that mean? What you going what you saying? That means you ain't you ain't you ain't you you about to run the you had to run the ball. You ain't the ball. Hey, James, no, he ain't catching he don't like catching no negative eight degree ball. Hey. <laughs> it's crazy you say that because I was just I was just talking to, to one of my to one of my parents that I that I uh one of his kids play on my team and I said, man, them cold, cold games, man. You know, as a receiver. <laughs> You know, in the in the sunshine, you ain't never covered. You could come back to the huddle, it'd be three people on you. A-Rod be like, JJ, how was you? Wide open. <laughs> Throw that thing over there. And in the cold, I'd be wide open. He like, how it look? Not good, bro. Hey, don't throw it over here, fam. It's a team meeting. <laughs> well, man, it's just something about this game, man. Like, it's been, it's been a couple times in my career to where I played a team three times in one season. That's hard, man. Like, especially if it's in the division, you know what I mean? It happened to us with the Bears when we we, we squeaked that, you know, one out in the Bear, in, in Chicago to get to the Super Bowl. But it's tough, man. Like, I know division games already ain't no surprises, but then playing a division opponent three times in one season, man, it it, it, it it's hard. And, and I think the main thing to win those games when you're playing somebody three times is you can't do the stupid stuff. The pre-snap penalties. You know what I'm saying? You can't have that. You got to play a clean game. Obviously, the turnovers, the takeaway. You cannot turn the football over. You know what I'm saying? It is no surprises. You know exactly where Buffalo going with the ball. You know exactly where how Buffalo's scheming. You know exactly what's coming. You know what I'm saying? So I think the team that wins this game, especially in the cold, y'all just said negative 13, whatever it might be out there, it got to be the takeaways and it got to be the penalties. And I think the team that, that does the best with that is going to find themselves with, with the chance to win this game right here. But this ain't going to be no, no runaway game. This is going to be a straight dog fight. Okay, before we get to what Ryan Shazier has to say, uh, your man Joe Burrow, 
against your Raiders. This is a, it's going to be an interesting affair. I, I think this might be the most exciting game of the weekend, to be honest with you. So what, what you got? Well, he called that boy Jojo. Jojo? Yeah, Jojo Burrow. <laughs> Jojo Burrow. This is going to be good, man. You know, and, and the reason why I say it's going to be really good is because my boy Derek Carr going to come out and play ball. But the Raiders' defense is the reason why they've been on this streak that they own, winning a lot of these close games. And I know D.C. made some throws at the end and all that, but their defense over this streak to get them into the playoffs have been making noise, especially the D-line, Ryan. Max Crosby, Ngakwe, all them boys coming after you, getting to the passer. I think that is going to be the equalizer. If they can get after Joe Burrow, and get him off the spot and get him off rhythm and not be able to throw to the best trio of wide receivers in the National Football League, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they're going to be all right. They're going to be all right. And the Raiders, I'm telling you right now, they don't think they could be beat by nobody. They were supposed to be, they were supposed to be beat by the Colts, not happening. You know what I'm saying? They were supposed to be beat by the Chargers, not happening. I forget who they beat the week before, but they on a three-game streak. They think is they think that they can't be beat right now, man. But if they can get Joe Burrow off the spot, you know, and, be, and get some pressure on him, I think they got a chance to win this game, man. This go this gonna be a good one. The Raiders uh, have been through a lot this season, so you know, in terms of resiliency, in terms of adversity, it is Ooh. what it is. Oh, we got yeah, little Shazier in the building, do we? Look at my guy. It's time to play with that fire truck. So yeah, before, go back to <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this, this is this is the best content we got out the Shazier household all season long, right there. <laughs> that boy said, that boy said, put batteries up in that thing ASAP. Before we get up out of here, Rye, I know you want to say something. Uh, you know, your, your Pittsburgh Steelers are, are feeling that playoff glory once again. Uh, you you've been visiting the Heinz Field quite often. You you damn near the mayor of Heinz Field. Every time I look on the Instagram, I see you on there. So, what do you want to say to the uh, steel curtain and uh, all the all the people listening? And of course, one very important person listening right now. Hey, so first of all, hey, Steelers Nation. I know it's gonna be questionable this week. I think we're gonna get the dub. You know, I'll, hey, I think we're gonna get the dub. I don't care what nobody say. I'm biased. <laughs> Hey James, you see them? You see them? You see them? Uh, them, them Steelers, Steelers black and gold pajamas he wearing right now, boy. Nah, but I, but I want to, I want to uh, first, first by saying I, I want to apologize to a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Ben Roethlisberger, and the reason I say that is because uh, through my whole, through my whole, you know, adversity, Ben, Ben had my back. You know, he always been a friend of mine. He always had my side. And he, he never talked down or never said I, I shouldn't play the game again, even if he felt that way. And then, you know, as a friend, sometimes if you feel a certain way, you you tell the man, you tell the man themselves before you talking about it out loud. And the one thing I, I, I didn't do, I didn't I didn't tell Ben how I felt. I just said it. And I, I think as a man, uh, you should you should tell your friends how you feel and apologize. So I did apologize to Ben separately. But I, I, I do want to also say, man, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you have my back as a friend, and you supported my dreams as long as I played, and 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 as I'll continue to want to play, and uh, I should be doing the same thing for you, uh, even though you know this might be coming to an end soon. But it, you know you were one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play. And I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate you know being your teammate, and uh, I just wanted to apologize for some of the things I said earlier because you know as a friend I should tell you how I feel and and, and just not speak it out. And uh, I know 
uh, Aaron would support the same thing if James did it too, you know. So I just I just want to say as a friend, he had my back, and I wanted to just apologize and say thank you for having my back, and, and I got yours too. There it is. Don't be too hard on yourself. You you surveying the scene. That's all it is. You know what I mean? No, but you but you but you at least tell them how you feel before you do it. And real friends keep it real too. It ain't like you trying to bash him. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like shoot, if if, if Aaron was was stinking it up. Hey, bro. But he not Ben. Ben really not stinking. He not stinking it up though. <laughs> <laughs> he not stinking it up. Cause now, if you, if you really th- if you really look at it, he having a, he having a pretty good season. He having a decent season. He not having a five thousand yard season, but he having a good season. Oh, uh, here we go. See now we got to get back into this conversation. <laughs> that's what that's that's what it got us here. <laughs> I'm not saying he's Trevor Lawrence or nothing like that. Stinking it up like that. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying. He's not up there with the with the elite quarterbacks. That's all I'm that's that's all I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? And that's and that's and what I'm saying is that's all you was pointing out. It ain't no shot at Ben and all that. You played with Ben when Ben was was in his prime doing his thing. Now what you see is what you he's see. He's declined. He's 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 at the end of his career. He's at the end of his career. You know what I'm saying? Because that's your friend. I would do the same with 12. Hey, I'm gonna go talk bad on you on TV just to let you know. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm playing with y'all. No nah, respect, bro. But just all all I'm saying is, hey, JoJo Burrow, by the end of the Raiders, all this Raiders stuff, and uh, I, I want to see you West of Cincinnati get next week because uh, just just know y'all giving them their first win in the playoffs in a very yeah, very very long time. It's Raider Nation, Raider Nation going on, boy. And so oh, he gonna be wearing green next week. Watch, watch. You already know that's a given because we on the buy too. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. We didn't get a chance to get to the Giants situation. Uh, it's it's a mess, uh, and frankly, you do a quarterback sneak on third and nine, you shouldn't even be on the pod. He needs to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Big facts. Yeah, that that'll wrap it up, Giants fans. I hope you enjoyed your little pocket of uh, conversations just now. Uh, next up on the Ringer NFL Show is the Wednesday Show with Kevin Clark, Nora, and Mallory Rubin. We'll be back next Tuesday, reacting to the Monday Night Wild Card Game. We got Super Wild Card Games for the first time in NFL history, so looking forward to that. You can check out the full go with me, Jason Goff, every Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday night on Spotify or wherever you get your your podcast engineering credit goes to chris sutton on this episode with production supervision from arjuna ramgapal for my man ryan shazier my guy james jones we thank you so much for listening to us i'm jason goff this has been the tuesday edition of the ringer nfl show as always y'all take care of each other and be safe <laughs>